my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Chroma is all about optimizing your health and making it simple and pleasurable so you can nourish your body and feel and look your best. Their delicious, highly functional, superfood-rich products and programs take the fuss out of wellness, giving you more time to focus on what you love. February is the month of love, and it's the perfect time to try Chroma's five-day reset. You'll get $150 off your purchase when you buy two resets, one for you and one to gift. When you feel good in your body, you show up better for yourself and everyone else in your life. Chroma is offering free shipping on all five-day resets through the end of February, as well as 15% off anything on their site with code CLIMBINGINHEELS. So order yours today and start discovering the pleasure in the pursuit of healthy living. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Zoe, and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top, all while staying glamorous. Today, I have two very close friends of mine on the pod. They are the amazing, gorgeous founders of the brand Show Me Your Moo Moo. And Cammie Miller and Cologne Trude are truly the most magical, dynamic duo, I have to say. Starting a brand with your best friend out of a tiny New York City apartment is not easy. But these girls were truly fearless, inspirational, motivated, ambitious, and I'm very excited for you to hear their story. They're both incredible moms to the most beautiful children. I am so impressed with them, and I'm very excited for you to hear their story because it truly is like American dream type of story of two girls starving in New York City with an idea and a dream with 130 employees later, plus plus. So let's get into it. Climbing in Heels really came out of the idea of celebrating all kinds of women with different careers at the top of their game, still climbing. And, you know, in Heels is really just about another way that I sort of say, while embracing the powers of being a woman and really recognizing 
our strengths and our challenges as women, especially as, you know, you guys are moms, you work so hard. I think everybody's story is different, but I think it's really important to share. And, you know, you guys have a very sort of young following. I think, I think, you know, age certainly very diverse. I mean, I think all women of all ages love your brand, but I think it's also, you have, in my opinion, really hit this amazing sweet spot of appealing to not just women like you that are like, you know, working young moms, right? Trying to do the thing that don't want to spend a million dollars on clothes, but need to look amazing and whatever. But I think you've really captured this young community of not just influencers, but of women who are like obsessed with you and the brand most importantly. So I want to talk about a little bit, you know, about your story first and foremost, because you guys are partners, best friends, best everything, best mom friends, best life friends, best Barbie friends, best Betty and Veronica friends, best moms and business partners. And like your husbands are best friends and your kids are best friends. So that is a story in and of itself. But I do want to know a little bit about how you started, because I think that's so important to share because I think the the hardest part in starting a business is how, <laughs> how does it happen, right? So I do I do want to talk about how you started and where you met, and first and foremost, where you both came from, because I think that's important. Like you didn't grow up together, right? Right. No. Okay. I don't know. So I am a Southern girl. I am from yes, you New are, and Atlanta, <laughs> y'all. And I was raised. My dad was an NFL quarterback. So in terms of work ethic, that was like a crazy example. I mean, when he wasn't at work, he was home studying plays, watching tape, like all of that. And he definitely instilled in me that same kind of crazy work ethic. Mm -hmm. And my mom was like a Southern fashionista. She was- (laughs) Still is. Yeah, still is. (laughs) Like everyone always wanted to copy her clothes and she had great just natural style and She ended up, when I was growing up, opening up two boutiques. So very early on, I was exposed to like fashion and the retail and the wholesale side of things. In New Orleans. In New Orleans. There's one in New Orleans and one in Atlanta. Got it. And so that was my first exposure, aside from TV, to really that, uh, the business side of fashion and um, that kind of thing. So That's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so her stores were called T. And, you know, this is pre online shopping. So she would go to market in LA and find all these really cool brands that you couldn't get at the big department stores. And she would go to the trade shows, probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. And her store was like out in the suburbs. You'd have all these women driving from Atlanta to get it. was like the era of Great China Wall, if you remember that brand. Yeah, of course. Um, Even Juicy Couture, Mm -hmm. like, you know, as that was blowing up. So that was so fun to see. I would work there after school in the summers and went to market with her a few times. So that was my first exposure there, which was amazing. That's so cool. And so you were young probably, right? You were a teenager at that point or? I was a teenager. Okay. Yes. And and were you like, okay, I'm obsessed with this. I have to do this. Like, did you help her? Did you ever like work in the store or like? I worked in the store and I would say my mom is more like you, Rachel, mm-hmm. were like, she truly in her heart loves clothes mm-hmm. so much. Yep. It's like, such a passion for her. And she has this very unique take on it and sense of style. And I would say I really like clothes, but I really love people. And so I always loved working retail because like the interfacing, helping someone find like an awesome outfit that makes 
feel and look great. That was always like my favorite part of it, I would say. So more from the styling side of it, actually. So more from the styling side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you get someone coming to store and they're not feeling great, and then by the time they leave, they feel amazing because of the outfit, like there's no better feeling in the world. It's amazing. And so I love that part of it. So I would work for her sometimes after school, a little bit in the summers. And then in college, that was always my go-to jobs were always like nannying or, you know, finding the cute local boutique wherever I was and working retail because I knew it so well from my mom. Mm -hmm. It's so amazing because I, I had two experiences in that. And I, I started in retail because I think it's the absolute best training you can ever have because you have no control over who your clients are. <laughs> yes, so true. <laughs> and, so true. And they come in in a mood. They come in with a problem. They come in with a mission. And you yes. have to solve it. And I think it's like the best boot camp training you can have as a designer um, to see different women's bodies and what women are attracted to and what works on different kinds of bodies with different personalities and really just learning the customer, right? The psychology of the customer. So you did all that. And Cologne, did you do the same? Like, where are you from, Cologne? (laughs) So I'm California. Of course. Of course. Of course. I'm from California Barbie. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up in Newport beach, Mm -hmm. so a little different, but, um, I, I definitely not the same. I actually had no like fashion background at all until sort of my like passion for sort of the fashion industry definitely grew at Berkeley in college. Mm -hmm. Um, In high school and like growing up, I was like pretty nerdy and uh, was like very studious and I wanted to be a doctor. So like that was like, okay, so I need to pause this whole thing. This whole thing is very confusing to me. It, it is. <laughs> okay, so the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come together for me. Okay, continue. <laughs> so, so yes, yeah, so I went I went to Berkeley as a biology major and then I quickly decided that maybe that wasn't what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, Imagine that. When I know, I I mean, I don't know. I was also kind of like open-minded, but then I really just honestly fell in love with like vintage shopping mm-hmm. in when I went to Berkeley, it's like very vintage heavy there and a little alternative. And I got really into like, like all the vintage clothes, like tailoring vintage clothes to like be cool again. And that was kind of my vibe for a while. And I think that that, that like was sort of became like a little bit more passionate passion for me compared to like the big lecture halls of Berkeley were a little intimidating. (laughs) And I think I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my like next eight years. Yeah. So yeah, I think that definitely like just being like leaning a little more creative there was why I wanted to get into fashion. Um, And then randomly, I saw like, and I think it was like, it was pre-social media days, but there was just Facebook back when we were at Berkeley. Right. And I saw an ad for that st- this show in New York uh-huh. with Elle magazine. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know this. I think you do. And I like just applied for it. And then I ended up basically like long story short, going to New York and being on this show called Stylista with on the CW and it was the one with Elle magazine and I that was like after that I like knew that was what I wanted to do I was like I want to get in I wanted to get into magazines or like just something with fashion and then that's like ultimately Cammie and I moved to New York and that you guys met freshman year the career path you mean freshman year of college so we met junior year I had transferred there and we met playing beer pong at a frat house (laughs) see that adds up for me (laughs) 
that checks. This whole like biology, Berkeley, like thing of like being nerdy and whatever, meeting over beer pong at Berkeley. Yeah. See, that story checks out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, so we met junior year and then it was so funny when Cologne went to go do the reality show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially then they were so strict. She just like disappeared and she couldn't. <laughs> it was senior year and she couldn't like literally say where she was going or what she was doing. And we're I all took like, my phone. What yeah, is no phone. <laughs> yeah. That is so was crazy. wild. Just disappeared for like God, I kind of remember <laughs> yeah, that for like show. half the semester. What yeah, year it was, was like that it about? was on at the same time as your show. I think it right. was. It was a yeah. lot. I was I was twenty one when I did it. So how old am I now? Thirty seven. It was like sixteen years ago. Okay. So wow. it was. I don't even know what year that was. I was still at Berkeley, so it was like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, but yeah. So I did. I did that. And then when Cammy and I became friends at Berkeley, and that was like where we met. And then we all, a big group of us moved to New York after college. And so we moved, we moved there and we were roommates. And um, I ended up getting my first job at Calvin Klein through one of my castmates from the show. So no it sort way. of like was definitely how I fell into fashion. But I always like, I think always was very interested in business. I ended up at Berkeley switching my major from biology to business. So smart though. So, um, so yeah, so that was sort of the, the ultimate path. I think that I knew I wanted to go on was something to do with business. Um, and I mean, really what we do now, as much as it is all about clothes, we really run a business. It's it's business. (laughs) Yeah. I tell, um, pretty much anyone who will listen, that fashion is a business first and foremost. And you can love clothes, you can love styling, you can love, you know, making clothes. But if you don't understand the business of fashion and the business of having a clothing brand, you will not survive. Like it's, you know, I get asked a lot by young people sort of like, oh, I don't know. I was thinking of like, graduating and becoming a stylist, or I was thinking maybe going to business school. And I'm like, yeah do that <laughs> do for that. real if you want to if you want to own your own clothing line you, yes. that's more that's more useful a billion yeah. percent okay so you moved to new york how long did you guys live in new york it was a brief stint it, i was a little i did one winter i always say I was like a little under two years and cologne was probably like about two years a little yeah. longer than two winters <laughs> the time of our lives like it's you know that was always a big dream like first job in New York City, fresh out of college. We had like 79 people living in one apartment, <laughs> out all the time, we the shared all the clothes. It was truly a magical existence in New York yep. for like that phase and the age that we were in. Yep. And we loved it. And so the stock market had just crashed. Mm-hmm. And so we- It's moved. like 08, was, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a film theory major. We had a history major. Clone was a business major. <laughs> we all end up working in fashion. So we all get these fashion jobs. And so we were all like living in that world in New York and just, you know, doing the thing like I'd always seen on the movies. Yeah, it's a dream. (laughs) I mean, I listen. Yeah, it was so fun. You know, I tell anyone uh, also who will listen, like if you can, (laughs) you have to do at least a year in New York. Like you have to. It's just everything. And then at that point you decide it's for me or not for me, you know, but it's like to have that experience – you know, it's like everyone's going to be broke. Everyone's going to like yeah. have the struggle, but you almost just go there knowing that and just do it. And 
it, there's well, you just gotta nothing like do like that, that right age yes. where you like don't you have to need be in your twenties. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you gotta yeah. be willing to take take the 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 beating. Really, you know, we exist yeah. on um, Subway sandwiches because they <laughs> launched the five dollar footlong campaign. Yes, <laughs> we would share it. <laughs> share it, or you could eat like half of your footlong for lunch and then half of your footlong for dinner. <laughs> Yeah. Hi. We literally got them like every day. It was, I mean, we lived we above definitely... the subway shop. So and, it yeah. was perfect. <laughs> we were down in like the Soho Nolita area, which was like the such dream. a fun Yeah. Yeah. It dream. was so fun. I mean, you guys, I absolutely love that. Okay. So then you moved to LA, right? So what happens after New York? In New York, when. We were, we were working there with our other jobs. We went one weekend to Miami with a friend mm -hmm. and we're both, we're all working in fashion. And when we were, so it was a last minute trip. It was like Friday and the guy texts us at lunch, like, let's go to New York. <laughs> I mean, let's go to Miami for the weekend. You know, so we literally say we like packed our purses because we were carrying on. And we both <laughs> felt like we couldn't find these things that you could kind of like crumble and throw in your bag and quickly go somewhere and then right. take it out look cute and it would be something that you could wear to dinner uh -huh. and then with different shoes you could wear it to the beach and maybe you swim in it and then maybe you sleep in it right. like it was this whole right. thing but we wanted it to be comfortable right and we're like like a muumu you know it'd be like a comfortable muumu well we talked about it multiple times through the weekend and our friend shout out to Winston Fisher still a New York resident <laughs> We're truly like at this dinner and he's got like lobster flying out of his mouth. He's like, I love it. Show me your moo moo. I love it. He's <sighs> like, you girls just need to make this happen because if you want it, then other girls want it too because you work in fashion. So if you don't think it's out there, you need to make it. So he really said, you know, he's a very successful businessman. He's like, y'all go do this. And we come home from the trip. We're in New York and we did everything in um, those days on Craigslist, right? Like we found our pattern maker on Craigslist. We found our factory on Craigslist. Wild. Um, and we made one silhouette, which was the original Moomoo. And we would go to Mood Fabrics after uh -huh. work. I know. Buy well. a ton of fabrics. Then we would, you know, chop them up. We had a little and I'm sorry. How were you paying for this, Kimmy? How, what money were you guys using? So the Moomoo's supported the Moomoo's. We'd probably sell like, 30 movies a month and then just go by scrappy and make more movies. It was very scrappy. And it was, this was the era of Facebook. So we would just post on Facebook. And since we're from different places, we had enough followers right. or friends right. whatever their Facebooks that when we would post, they would sell out. And, and like, were these, we found, were we these found like, our web developer on Craigslist. And I think our first website was like $800 or something. Like it was definitely compared to what a website is now. It's like it, we were making it work. <laughs> but were you like, was it, was it one size? Were these one size? One size. Okay. So yeah. is it, cause that was my first thing. It's like, you know, we, you know, I am a, I eat no returns. and breathe in, in calf tents. No returns. No returns. <laughs> um, yes. And it was like, it, it was essentially a shorter calf tan. Right. And so we wanted it to be too long, um, to be a top, but too short to be a dress. So it was just this in between tunic length. So if you're taller, you wear it one way. If you're shorter, you wear another. Okay. And the fabrics were like all over the map. And we were lucky because my sister is a professional photographer. So the pictures we were taking looked really good, right? It's not like it was us on a digital camera unedited. Sure, sure. So I think forward facing, it definitely looked like a more serious operation than the back. <laughs> like we did all the shipping. So we had a little apartment in New York. We were roommates. We had no kitchen tables. So 
the freezer, the oven, all of that just became storage for shipping supplies and moo's and that we would that we would come home from work and ship them from there and then walk them to the post office. So you like, were working yeah, your day job while you were doing yeah. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had to. We were only slinging 30, 30 moo's a month at the time. We had to <laughs> like um, Yeah, and we would know. use like our lunch breaks to shop fabric because we were in that garment district oh, yeah, where we worked. Well. We would like go and get the rolls and then like put it in the taxi and like it was just kind of what we did. <laughs> now, were your families supportive or were they just like, you girls are nuts? Or were they like, <laughs> oh, we'll support you, we'll help you? Or were they like you bitches are on your own. Like what? <laughs> My parents are both, they were very young parents and they're very much like dream chasers. Like yeah. you can do it, go for it. They've always been so supportive in any of my weird ideas or my siblings weird ideas. They're like, no, that's totally possible. I mean, my dad grew up, you know, they were on food stamps with my little sister mm -hmm. after they had her and then he makes it to the NFL. So they're coming from a background of like anything Dreaming. can happen, sure. dream big, work hard. So they thought it was great. And then we actually, when we sort of decided let's do this full time, my dad had inherited a bet from this famous guy in New Orleans who passed away that if the <laughs> New Orleans Saints ever went to the Super Bowl, he had to wear a dress and a parade. And full full drag. Also, can you share so, your can you share your dad's name, Cammy? Yes, because I'm going to say it wrong. <laughs> Bobby A Bear. A Bear. I see A Bear, right? We're Cajun French, and so he called me and he was like, "I have to wear a dress in this parade because the Saints were going to the Super Bowl, which is huge for New Orleans." And so <laughs> we made him this gold sparkly mumu. We sized up for him. He's a very large man. <laughs> Um, and he was in full hair, makeup, wig, uh, everything, like parade. Which for was, a quarterback yeah. in New Orleans is a huge leap. Like he could have been annihilated. <laughs> well, and the thing was, because you know, New Orleans is one of those quirky cities. All the men wore dresses for oh. this parade. The Saints had never been to the Super Bowl. So they dropped all manlyhood because this was like the most iconic thing that ever happened in the city. Wow. And for some reason, the New York post or the New York Daily News picked up the yep. story and they did a whole photo shoot with us about it and like put it in the press, which we were cracking up. We're like, this is crazy. And Cammie was like on the front page of the newspaper <laughs> about it. For putting my dad in the dress. And so then we, that was our first little press. We loved it, yep. obviously. <laughs> and we both knew we wanted to get back to the West Coast. Like the, you know, the nature of our brand is a California yeah, brand. People of thought we were kind of in California the whole time, I think, yeah. because the style of our clothes are so West Coast. Mm -hmm. And so after we got the crazy weird article and things would be going good month to month is when we sort of decided, okay, let's quit our jobs. Let's move to LA and do this full time. You know, we had my stepdad's in the industry. So he was very familiar with downtown LA and the factories. And that yeah. was sort of lacking for us in New York. Mm -hmm. So we knew if we could move the whole thing to LA and do what we were doing in New York on a slightly larger scale, the margins would be there. It would be, you know, we could maybe get an apartment big enough to have a kitchen table. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> That really pushed us to quit our jobs, yeah. move to LA and try to do it um, on a bigger scale. And it, it was honestly, you know, what, what an amazing decision. But when I think back to making that decision, I had no wisdom that anyone, you know, my age wouldn't have. We just had something we believed in that we enjoyed doing so much. Mm -hmm. And we were young and we were like ready to take the risk. And who is more like risk averse 
Like, like, are you like, who's more apprehensive? I weirdly feel like I no. I you would think I guess, but I don't know. I feel like we were both like just there was not do one it. doubt in our minds. Like we both were like just looking yeah. forward and not looking back. And, and were I you think- single? Were you both single at the time? Like no, no boyfriends. Oh no, I, I know no kids. I always have I boyfriends, so probably. I had- think we both were. I think we were dating the Australians. Yes. <laughs> But at the time, yeah, we, were. we were. Cologne stayed with one sidebar. <laughs> okay, I stayed with him. I broke up with mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we were, yeah. we were dating the Australians, but they were in Australia. So we convinced yeah. them to yeah, also move true. to LA. Not anywhere close to us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So you guys were the girls on a mission, and you were like, okay, let's do this. So you're probably like a year in. You going you're probably yeah. like just give me an age are you like 25 at this point 26 something like that maybe or 23. older 23, 23. babies yeah, yeah we babies. were we were young babies. I think that's why we were we were only looking forward and not looking back we didn't well, yeah well and yeah. I think also you both come from families that are like loving and supportive and I think you know yeah I know for Cheer- me they're our cheerleaders for yeah sure. and I think that makes a big difference especially when you're 23 because I went freelance at 25 and in hindsight, I'm like, was I okay? Like, how did I, (laughs) what gave me the nerve to like think that I could just do that? And to your point, I think you just have this, like in your 20s, I think we feel this, this like invincibility to on some level, like we're fine. Like we're young. Mm -hmm. We can run in two hours of sleep. Like we can work 20 hours a day. We, we can do this, Right. And yeah. again, I think you don't have the sticks on the table, right? We don't have kids. We don't have homes. We're like, I think at that point, you're just like moving, shaking, living by your, you know, by yeah, your- Yeah, you're not, you're not as scared to fail either. Like, I think that we, I don't think either of us ever would have imagined that we were starting what we have today yeah. at all. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. And we were also fine if it was just like a thing that we did for a little and it didn't work out. So I think that's also like kind of what you have to go into it like. Otherwise, it would be yeah. like so scary. And we were but very I don't know. living, you know, in the month we were in or the week or the day we were in. There was, I don't know if this is great business advice for the listeners. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I, I actually prefer it because I, I really stand by there is no rule book to this so yeah yeah so we were just like problem solving in the near term figuring out what we needed to figure out to get to the next month mm-hmm. for a while and mm-hmm. it worked really well obviously after a few years we you know look at longer term strategy and now that's a huge part of the business mm-hmm. but back then we really were just doing a very slow build of a brand and surviving like the month as best we could just to get to the next month yeah. for a while yeah. I would say yeah. And we knew it was going in the right direction and it was something we should continue to pursue. We weren't like beating it down. Right. It was like, like, like wait, was we're selling these things. getting better. Yeah. Like, and we would, you know, sell more and more each month and it was going in the right direction. So we were like, we have to keep going. The signs were there to like, <laughs> so, you know? yeah. but I do think I want to go back to family for a second because I do think that in hindsight, like the thing that I get asked most, like what made you do that? Like what made you think you could go out on your own and take that risk? And the thing I always say is I knew that if I fell, I had my family. I knew if everything collapsed and I had to like give up my apartment or whatever, I could go home, right? Like, and I, my, my family was there and I had Roger, believe it or not, at that time, cheerleading. And I think I want to call that out because I think it really is so 
there's such a monumental difference in being out on your own when you're 23 years old. And, and I think that what gives you that sort of like fearlessness and that safety to fail is having people to fall on. You know, not not necessarily financially, like knowing you won't starve. Of course, I think that is like, okay, if I run out of money and this goes in the garbage, like, am I going to be able to eat, right? So I think that's one fear that if you don't have that, I think that's a game changer. But I think more importantly, not more importantly, equally as important is your emotional support, right? Like if I fail and fall on my face, it, my parents are there to be like, you're okay, we got you, let's figure this out, you know? Not necessarily like, here's $10,000, go find a new job. Like, it's, it's, not, yeah. it's not that, right? So I think that's invaluable. I was with Sam at that time too. You were. And like, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's been through it all with me, like kind of probably like you and Roger. Uh-huh. And um, all. honestly, such the biggest cheerleader. And like, it does help, like you yes. want to continue on because he's always supported it and thought it was amazing what we were doing, even when it was like, crazy and he and Sam's an entrepreneur also so I think he really knows (laughs) the peaks and valleys and times you want to just cry on the floor and like leave and like like, yeah quit and you know I think anyone who is a business owner I think now having all of us been through COVID years and stuff I think we now know like okay let's reassess how we like look at preparing for a disaster if that should happen ever again or like right i mean i think before yeah. covid we were just all like ding 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 like we don't like we're all good everyone's good we like there can't be a catastrophic pandemic that could take down everyone's business right like so i think now we probably try and we we try and think a little bit more apprehensively cautiously in that way but um at what point if any were there key like mentors for you guys or have you guys just been driving your own ship this whole time did you ever have people that you were like thank god I've met you and thanks for the opportunity things was there a buyer was there someone that was like you girls are amazing and I love what you're doing so I mean starting with the family the moms really were amazing Mm -hmm. I mean they would make you know food for shoots they were at market Mm -hmm. setting up the booth of us taking it down and you know they both had a ton of kids kids between the two of them and busy lives and so like starting there on a very personal level to your point that support and all that they did for us especially in the first years of the company was crazy i mean they went above and beyond and that was so inspiring to see i think to keep us you know with our work ethic and going Mm -hmm. and then i mean for me personally my first boss at my job in new york was i was working in a showroom was my boss michelle Mm -hmm. and she loved it so we would like work all day and then we would talk about mumu stuff and she would say well i think you should do this or that and she was so supportive and so cool and when i finally told her i was leaving to go pursue it full time she was like our number one cheerleader we still keep in touch not enough but like that's amazing having someone like that who they're helping you in your job and then you're leaving their job to go do something else and they're like you can do this I have your back you don't always get that from people um, um I'm I'm here to say you almost never get that from yeah. people in this industry yeah. that is that yeah. is really really rare but I have to say Cammy too like your heart and energy I think is so genuine that I I think it would be very hard 
for someone to <laughs> not want to root for you. You know what I mean? Like you're, you just have no agenda like that with people. You're not that kind of person. Like you don't yeah. come off. I think, I think the reason that we see so much of that kind of evil woman in fashion historically, hopefully it's becoming less and less now. But I think because there was such an overriding feeling of jealousy for, for people that were, and, and listen, and I think there were a lot of young people and are a lot of young people that want to like steal clients, steal customers, take someone's ideas. Like that really does exist very much. And so I think when there's a genuine, refreshing, kind hearted, spirited person, you like want to root for them. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You know, what showroom were you working in? So it, mine was like a multi-line showroom. Mm-hmm. So the lines I worked for no longer exist. They were called PJK and Corral. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But the best part of the job was we were in the same showroom as Mary Kate and Ashley's line, Elizabeth and James. <laughs> I know that showroom, by the way. I would yeah. get to see them every now and then. I think I know I Michelle. No, <laughs> yes, probably do. You do. And that was also when we were really forming, you know, you dress one way in high school and in college, and then you become an adult. When we were really forming our fashion identities, it was like you, Rachel Zoe Project, you know, <laughs> Nicole Richie, all those people, the Olsons. So yeah. not that any of you were mentors because we weren't lucky enough to truly know you then, but like y'all were so high on our radar and that boho chic style just like taking off in such a crazy way. I mean, it had us in a serious chokehold for many years. Like that was everything and so inspiring to us. So, but I think that's important of the twins. I, I was like, 
you know, melting down, but I played it cool. But it like, oh my gosh. You know, and then they'd be like, I like your top. And it would just, I mean, <laughs> I was dead to say the least. And they're such great girls and they are so true to themselves, you know? And I think that's a thing. And I do think that launching a brand, and I think the reason that Mumu works so well is because there is this clear, concise vision of what, of, of who the two of you are. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, something I talk about a lot is genuine founders, right? Like even as I launch, you know, we'll launch a third fund for Rachel's O-Ventures next year. But like, you know, when I'm looking at brands, for me, especially in this business, the authenticity of the founders is everything. And if you look at successful brands over time and the ones that actually survive and make it, it's because the founders are so authentic and genuine to the brand. They eat, sleep and breathe it. And I'm, you know, I'll I'll just share a bit of um, background on how I know you both. And, you know, it's funny because it's a testament to your brand because we met, Cammie and I met in the summer, the crazy summer of 2020, where we were both in houses in Malibu on the same street, terrified to go near a human being. Cammie just had her second baby. And literally every day for 30 days, we would just only see each other. Like at first I was just walking with my young kids and you were walking with your newborn. And I would, you know, your nutty, loving, amazing husband, Nico, would stop me and talk to the kids. And the kids were obsessed with him. And then your daughter, aka my daughter, Magnolia, would end up coming over every day for a cookie and to flirt with my boys. And then as we became friendly, you know, you very humbly would be like, I, I even think it might have been Nico that told me what you did after like a week or 10 days of knowing you. I don't even think you told me, honestly. And I think Nico was like, yeah, well, you know, Cammy really loves you. And she like, you know, whatever. He's like, she'll, she'll, she's super embarrassed and whatever. He's like, but she has a clothing brand and whatever. And it's awesome. And you would really love it. And you have to meet her best friend and partner. And like, da, da, da. And I was like, well, what's it called? Why isn't she said anything? And then you were like, okay, you have to meet Cologne. You guys are the same people. If you've ever like, da, 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 da. And then Cologne walks in with this brand new baby in the shortest <laughs> denim shorts I've ever seen in my life with like hot surfer husband, a new baby, another baby that looks like your mini me. And I was like, these people are not real, but you guys are like this California, you define what a California brand is. And I think when people think of California founders that found a brand called Show Me Your Move, this is what it is. And, you know, it was funny because I remember when Nico first said the brand name, I was like, well, it sounds so familiar to me. And I was like, because you know me, I'm so like in my, I'm in my archives, right? I don't buy a lot of new clothes and I'm not that cool to sort of be onto the cool, you know, younger brands all the time. And then I was on the phone with my sister and I was like, I was like, oh, I met this great girl. She has this cool brand. It's called Show Me Your Moon. And my sister was like, <gasps> my sister was like, I'm obsessed with Show Me Your Moon. And then all the Love girls it. on my team were like, oh my God, Show Me Your Moon. Like, and everyone I spoke to was like, oh my God, I love that brand. That's such a great, oh my God, Rachel, it's so you. It's like caftans. And, like, and I'm like, where do I live under a goddamn rock? And Roger was like, actually, yes, you do. And so everyone knew your brand. And then, of course, I became obsessed with it and quite fascinated by it because 
I felt and still feel that it checks this amazing happy box of attainable, fun, glamorous, California, quintessential California clothes at a very, what I feel is a very accessible price point, obviously to some not, but you can't please everybody, right? But I think for the quality and value and design and the product, the price is unheard of. And I, I think that you hit this space that is so special of bridal and like what an amazing thing. I think that you guys have been an inclusive brand before it was a thing, which I love. All around, it's just been fun for me since I've met you to kind of watch the brand even grow so much since 2020. How many, yes. how many people do you have on your team now? How big is the business in terms of like team? About 140 staff, but we, That's a lot, we, we are an e-com business. So like we, we, sh- we have like our whole warehouse staff and like we yeah. have our own warehouse and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's a big, it's a, it's a decent sized production now. It's not like what it used to be when it was just me and Cammie in, in the closet, you know? <laughs> a little different. <laughs> yeah. Very but different. I love that. Um control of shipping our goods our customer service is all our team we really we do do wholesale you do right so where talk wholesale was more important to the business in terms of like financials it was what was keeping us afloat because it blew up quicker than the website did Mm -hmm. and then i think when we were both engaged and we saw this need for good price pointed bridesmaid dresses Uh that were cooler than the average we got into the bridesmaids and those were exclusively online. Mm-hmm. And that's when our e-commerce overtook our wholesale. Wow. So we still do both, but there are certain categories like the bridesmaids you can only get on our website. Our kids you can only get on our website. Like some stuff we keep special just for the website mm-hmm. uh, Smart. for various reasons. And then we still have awesome wholesale partners. Like we're in over 300 small stores throughout the country, which we love. Like I told you, like yeah. growing up with a mom it's who had important. a small store. Yeah. I love that, you know, customers find us through that. And I love working with those stores. And then we have some bigger accounts like Revolve and yeah. those people too. So yeah. um, lots, lots of different ways we get Mumu to people. And honestly, I love them all. Mm-hmm. And I always say like everyone has different shopping habits. Some people want to be in person. Some yeah. people only shop online. But the cool thing about Mumu is like if you want to pick up the phone and call our customer service, they will like – talk you through what you should buy for your sister's wedding if this is your body type and this (laughs) is the dress code. And that was always so important to us. Okay, we're not going to – the goal is not to order a ton of stores and be in person with our customers. So how do we provide like a different customer experience than you could get from ordering an Amazon dupe or whatever it may be? That's something that – um, has been so important to us. And like, we've put so much effort into the loyalty program and those customers. And it again goes back to like, I think how much I love people and interacting with people and that kind of thing is all part of this bigger community and shopping community that we've built where yes, we're selling clothes, but we also want the whole experience to feel good A to Z Yeah, when doing that, whether you're in person at another store or shopping online with us or anything. I've even seen just with the silver long sleeve sequin one I wore last year. And then the one I just wore for the holiday, I literally have like 40 friends that called me like, how do I get that (laughs) black and white sequin dress? Literally. Like, Uh, I mean, I I love that dress, but like, I just genuinely love what you guys are doing. I'm so impressed with you. I adore you. I love your friendship. I love that you mom together. I love that you like, I, there's so much love in between you guys. What do you ever like fight or bicker? 
Like, is mm-hmm. is there and and if you do, is it just like best friends that bicker? Like, I love you. I'm, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I can't deal. Like, is it like that? Yeah, I mean, we fight at work like all day long. You do. He's I think people always ask that question. <laughs> but we do. We both do a really good job, and this is the only way it works of like leaving it at work. Yes. And by fight at work, I mean like Bicker. picking the color of the bikini. Sure. You know what I'm sure. saying? Like, they're creative decisions or photo shoot concepts, like things like that. Yeah. These aren't arguments you should be taking home with you or that should affect your friendship. Like right. we both want the best for Mumu and sometimes we disagree on the creative decision. But sure. like at the end of the day, we can always go to dinner with each other. We're together every weekend. Like yep. we don't bring that stuff outside of work. Like I'm like – you know, you don't go to sleep angry at your husband uh-huh. and you don't leave mad at your work wife. You yep. like leave, leave yep. it at the office. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like we've done a really good job at that. And I think I don't like when people say, oh, you can't go into business with your friends because I mean, we are living proof you can. The Daily Drills girls are living proof mm-hmm. you can. You can. It's also you different because you guys started it together. Like you yeah. grew up together and ideated and created it together. I think it's different than when you have a business, you need a partner and you're taking one of your close friends in. That's different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that could be I, yeah, I more think challenging. We both like genuinely like love the brand so much and love what we do and love each other so much. Like we know, I think we have that comfort of like, we're always going to have the best, like, you know, for, we always want the best for, for each other and for, for Mumu. Yeah. And so I think that like, is why we always like it's honestly like a it's 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 a really nice thing to have when you're dealing with a, g- growing a business as well which yeah. i think is something that we're really lucky that we like have our each other's support and we don't have to do it alone so yeah i think it's been it's been awesome obviously we do we everyone always asks us that like do we fight i'm like yes like all day long we yeah, do not but that's agree. normal <laughs> But it's normal. But do you want to ask me how me and Roger get along yeah. every day? <laughs> Chroma is all about optimizing your health and making it really simple and pleasurable so you can nourish your body and feel and look your best. Their delicious, highly functional, superfood rich products and programs take the fuss out of wellness, giving you more time to focus on what you love. My conversation with Chroma founder Lisa Audenweller, a pioneer in the wellness industry, was so beyond inspiring. Chroma's five day reset is unlike any other program of its kind on the market. Whether you're looking to lose weight and keep it off, improve gut health and digestion, sleep better, have more energy, balance your hormones, or even quit drinking coffee, the Chroma five day reset is the perfect way to kickstart a new routine and jumpstart results. On the reset, you get 10 delicious foods and beverages to eat and drink every day, and they all taste amazing. It's also customizable, meaning you can add in protein and vegetables as you need. You're never depleted and will be able to keep up with your family, work, and of course, workouts. These products are truly so good. I love the Ultimate Vitality Latte. It's actually so good, and I'm really picky. And it's something that like, especially as it's colder, it's just so calming. And I don't know, it just makes you feel kind of just makes you feel refreshed. I just enjoy drinking it. It's like a treat that isn't like a treat you have to feel guilty about. And it's great any time of day. So February is the month of love and it's the perfect time to try Chroma's five-day reset. You'll get $150 off your purchase when you buy two resets, one for you and one to gift. When you feel good in your body, you show up better for yourself and everyone else in your life. 
Chroma is offering free shipping on all five-day resets through the end of February, as well as 15% off anything on their site with code CLIMBINGINHEELS. So order yours today and start discovering the pleasure in the pursuit of healthy living. Hey, you and yeah. Roger work very closely, and I am eternally impressed, okay? Yeah, you guys do a great job. And you all do it very well. But, you know, but they, uh, I mean, over the last, like, five, I think since COVID, we're like, okay, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> like, I think yeah, the working get from like home, this. like, blah, blah. Yeah. But, but I think, uh, what, okay, so bef- before we go, because I don't want to take your whole day, but, like, what has been the absolute scariest moment in your business? I mean, I kind of already know the answer to it, but like, and what, how did it change you and how you look forward? Like how, cause I feel like I've been around long enough that like, I do recognize when there's, you know, trauma, so to speak, that like you do somehow learn and grow from it, right? Like you do in the moment it's terror, but like, especially as an entrepreneur, right? So yeah, I mean, I think the obvious answer yeah. is COVID. Yeah, yeah, but well, because I was with you then, which is why you know, I kind of know. Yeah, and uh, one day everything's great. This business is booming. You have all these employees. It's amazing. And the next day, you're literally bawling, crying. Could this all end? How are we supposed to know what to do? You know, mm-hmm. we have advisors and mentors we go to all the time for business questions because they've done this longer than us. And everyone's like, I don't know. We have- I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No idea what you're supposed to do. So, you know, what is that quote? Like we did the best we could with the information we had at the time. And I think we went back to thinking like how we did in the early days where we were surviving days and weeks. We weren't worried about six months from now because we were like, we have to keep this going this week. We have to keep this going this week. We had to make incredibly hard decisions with no frame of reference, like whatsoever. And I think And Cologne might have a different answer, but I think like the one thing it taught me too is, you know, none of this is guaranteed. None of this is your thing. You can make long-term business plans, but if you're not really living in the week and month that you're in, like we used to in the olden days, like you could spend all your time planning for something that never even happens. Like, you know, you really need to stay um, focused and present and also enjoy your successes when they're going and not worry about the next one always and like appreciate when the good things happen or you get the big deal or you get the big order yeah. or you get this great press placement. Like I used to run through that stuff because I was trying so hard to just get the next yeah, one. And I course. think it has taught me to be like, oh, that was a really good day. This awesome <laughs> thing happened today. <laughs> really appreciating like every small win for the business and just appreciating that we did survive. I think we are, all of us are stronger than we knew mm-hmm. for sure. Yes. Because of it. And I do feel more confident. Like if something crazy happens, I feel way more equipped and prepared because that first time was a lot of emotional meltdown. And you just like, had a baby. Didn't you both just yeah. have a baby and open we a We both store? had newborns exactly two weeks apart. And it was the beginning of COVID. And we were like thinking, oh, we'll take like a little time off. And like that did not happen. Like yeah. we were like babies in hand on the phone, on the oh, computer all day. Like it was so <laughs> Like, yeah, Rachel would come grab Magnolia sometimes. So I was like, like just give me the girl. Give me the girl. Oh. <laughs> um, it was mania. But I mean, and I don't know, what's your answer for that, Colum? I mean, 
Yeah, I think I think it definitely was like it, it was definitely traumatizing for everyone, mm-hmm. but I think it did ultimately. And obviously, we had like the newborns and a husband in did. restaurants. <laughs> oh yeah, and he had <laughs> shut down all the restaurants for like a year. That was fun, but um, I think it definitely taught you how to like just to pivot, like yeah. you know, like and have Agreed. to kind of deal with things like you know these challenges that felt crazy and not, um, you know, not let it break you down. Like, obviously we all wanted to just close the laptop and never, never open it again. But like you had to just sort of face that, those, those challenges. And like Cammy said, it was, it was a lot like felt like the beginning of when we were starting our business where like, you know, when the order arrived and nothing fit and we had to cancel our sax order like those types of things felt so heavy at the Uh time and like we were never going to get through them and that's kind of how COVID felt but it's like you know when when you when you have like a business and you're growing it there's so many heavy things that happen like that and you just have to like persevere and keep going and keep your head up and you have you know, I think at that time too, we had so many employees that we also needed to like try to keep this like positive energy for because, you know, they were at home freaking out as well. Yep. It was, it was, it was terrifying. So I think just being able to like respond to those types of things, it just makes you for sure stronger. And like now there's really nothing that can happen that I think that we couldn't get through right. yeah, after true. we got through that. It's true. It's <laughs> it's true. true. And it's terrifying, yeah. but I, but I do think everyone, I, I do think there was some comfort in a weird way, knowing that everyone in the world was going through the same thing, right? Like every yeah. entrepreneur, every CEO, every restaurateur, anyone in real estate, like commercial yeah. real estate, yeah. like, you know, so oh. I, I, yeah, you just had to survive. <laughs> we were like, let's just hope that we still have a brand after this. Like, let's just keep, you know, let's just keep it, keep it above water. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we met Rachel Zoe, so thank you. Uh, yeah, that's true. For that, <laughs> we did. I used to like faint when Mary Kate would compliment my top, and then I'm like going for walks with Rachel and her kids. I'm like, what is life? Because it was one of the hardest times of my life. And also, like, I look at that one month so fondly. I'm like, that was one of the best months of my life. Same. Like, not having Same. to drive into an office, Same. office, not having social engagements, and just Same. really. We had this little posse and it was so tight and special and it was so much slow time with the kids, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, I, I miss that part of it sure, sometimes, of which is also something I do oh, miss it. going into it, you know? Oh, I miss yeah. that. Being, being locked in a house with your kids is <laughs> definitely has its yes. benefit. It really does. It really does. And Rachel was every day so beautiful, coolest outfit, <laughs> heels on, walk kid on a hip, kid uh, on a scooter. Doing everything, you had no help at that house. No, no I, you know, wrong of us to assume this about women, but like we actually can do everything. And then when I visited, <laughs> my eyeballs saw how much you do and how good you look while doing it. I was like, oh, I can do more. <laughs> no, I think I think we all, as women, as working women, as working mothers, which to me is the hardest layer to add to all of that, to be honest. The best by a landslide, of course. But I think that we can be absolute prisoners and slaves to our jobs because we love it, right? We love it. And I think before I had kids and I waited, Raj and I waited 18 years to become parents, literally. Um, And But to me, in hindsight, I could handle all of it until I became a mom and that juggle, because it's such an emotional juggle, is just entirely mm-hmm. different. 
So, and I do think that for you guys, you know, it, it really is so special. And I want you guys to always recognize how special it is because I only know like a handful of others that, you know, like Catherine and her sister Margaret at Doan, who are dear friends of mine, who get to live the dream of working with your sister or your best friend and have your husbands and your families be so close and be able to have this dream business that even though it's so hard and it's so challenging and the struggle and the juggle and the whole thing, but the gift is truthfully that it is family, that you can bring your kids to work. You can travel together. You don't have to leave like your husbands and your kids all the time. They can come to work with you. You know, that is the Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial gift. And that is something that I think is invaluable. And so to see you guys be able to do that and like live your dreams and have your kids and have your husbands and everyone's so close. And even if you fight, I hope you do because it wouldn't be normal (laughs) if you didn't. But I love the brand. I love watching it win. I personally love it and wear it. I just love you guys and I'm happy to, to hear your story. And I think it really should show young people anywhere in the world and in the country that like grassroots baby just like start <laughs> making that you know I've had incredible women on on climbing in heels and the stories of the starting I think and and that's the scariest part right it's the starting and the starving yeah I mean and we we still don't have like an we don't have an investor or anything we still like which run this company which is crazy yeah. but like you can do it you don't have to have like help in any you know like I mean yeah you know, we yeah, had yeah. like you said our help yeah. We had the support from our families and that was amazing. But, you know, nothing is impossible. You got you just got to keep going. (laughs) By the way. Start small and just like, it's like a tumbleweed. Just like make it keep growing like a snowball, you know. Keep on, keep it on. You know, it's so cliche, but it is true. Like if you love what you're doing, it becomes very, so much easier to work super hard and to achieve these goals because you genuinely are so passionate about the work and what you're doing that yes it's hard but it's fun yeah in a way which i think is so important and we both have always felt that way about it you know yeah. we get to like, do what you I'm ex- i get excited like i'm excited about what's going to happen this year I'm, every year is exciting which i think is like you know you have to keep that mentality and like just really love it and get excited about things that are happening cuz yeah and like Cammy said, I think in the beginning, I think another thing that keeps us going too is the people. Like yeah. all of, you know, the working with all those girls at Moomoo and how much everyone loves what they do. And that that alone, like, is amazing. It's the best, best feeling. So, and they are definitely. the brand. That's the thing. Like those yeah. girls are the brand. Like I see the Moomoo girls. Like they're wearing it, they're breathing it, they're loving it. They're, I imagine a lot of them are muses for you guys for the brand because, you know. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, our brand, we've always wanted it to be relatable, fun clothes, yeah. to your point earlier. And so a lot of our inspiration is from street style, how the people dress at work, when we go on vacation, what this girl's wearing at the yeah. pool. Like, that is where we <laughs> draw a lot of our inspiration from because from the beginning, we wanted these clothes to be relatable for a lot of people and maybe just like a little more fun than what they already had in their closet because we were living in New York and everyone was wearing black and you know (laughs) that kind of thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) well I love you guys so much Um, we love you you know I'm just always going to be rooting for you I'm just always going to be rooting it rooting for it for you wearing it loving it telling everyone about it and you know (laughs) if I had girls they'd be wearing it
Okay, it's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have going for today. What are some of the fashion trends you're looking forward to for spring? Oh my goodness. I don't even know because I'm so stuck in winter right now. What am I excited about for spring? I don't know. I'm still so into my chunky knit sweaters and, you know, oversized, like, you know, just comfy things because I'm, it's so cold in LA right now and I'm loving wearing big faux fur coats. But for spring, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like big, bold, sort of abstract florals. I'm seeing so much of it, like big, bold prints, honestly. I'm seeing so much of, I'm seeing still a lot of cutouts, not that I'm wearing them. What else for spring? Just really sculpted silhouettes that I'm loving in evening, like at Carolina Herrera and like Jean Batista. Like I really, really, really love that. I love color right now. You know, I love the new Pantone color. That's like that sort of gorgeous kind of peachy blush pink. It's really beautiful. So I'm excited to see that because I'm sure it's going to come to life the way that Barbie pink, you know, was the whole Valentino collection a couple seasons ago. And then it sort of infiltrated for what I feel like is the last two years because then Barbie came on and it's been like a year and a half or two of Barbie pink. So I'm kind of excited for that to shift out a little bit. Okay, what shows am I going to for New York Fashion Week? I don't know yet. Probably just a handful. Maybe Carolina Herrera, maybe Tommy, Altazura, maybe Brandon Maxwell. Just a handful if I get there. (laughs) I'm trying to get there but my schedule may not permit it. So we'll see. But don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Climbing in Heels pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your question. Thank you so much to my friends, Cami and Cologne. What a fun episode. Again, I'm always amazed when I know people pretty well, or I think I do, and then I hear their story, and I just fall deeper in love with them and just more impressed by them. And I think the fact that they like met at Berkeley and I mean, Cologne as a biology major, I definitely didn't see that coming. And, you know, they have five kids between them. They work so incredibly hard. Their brand is so true to who they are and the community of women that they've built. It's an incredibly inclusive brand. Their clothes, the products are amazing. And again, like at an accessible price point. They're as real as they come. I'm so impressed with them. Honestly, I don't know what else to say, but I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Please don't forget to rate or review wherever you get your podcast because I love reading them. And while you're at it, please follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Clemian Heels Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things curatorial.